Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with country pop singer Daisy Briggs. She has a very fun and provocatively titled new song and video out now called I Don't Hate You, My Mom Thinks You're Trash. What a great title. And we're going to talk about that, the making of the video, and so much more. So welcome to the show, Daisy. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. Thank you. <laughs> so have you ever told a guy, I don't hate you, but my mom thinks you're trash? Um, well, I guess I have now because I put that song out. So <laughs> where did Somewhere. you come up with? Yeah, it's, it's such a cool, fun song. Uh, where did you come up with that? Um, you know, that's the thing about me is that I just can't help myself. I just put like the exact things that happen in my life. I put them into my songs. So when I tell you that I liked this guy and my mom still to this day walks around calling him the trash from blank state, I won't even, I won't fill in the blank, but um, she just walks around calling this boy trash and just will not let me forget that he is just not worth my time. So truly that's where it came from is my mom had this nickname for this boy and it literally involved the word trash. And I just thought that that was just so funny because I was trying to move on and I was trying to just get it through my head that he was not good for me. So I just sort of, whenever I would see my mom and my friends, I would be like, my mom thinks you're trash. Like, just remember that, you know? Oh, yeah. And like so many of the best in, you know, country and pop today, there's some seriousness, but a sense of humor. I, I mean, Taylor Smith, or to Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift uh, adds a lot of humor when she's talking about relationships. Miranda Lambert. I mean, are you a fan of either of those two? Oh, totally. I mean, they're probably the main reasons why I started writing songs. Um, because when I was 12 and 13, they were really just um, coming up in country music. And I just thought it was so cool the way that they commanded a stage, but also just that they got to tell these stories. And I always loved storytelling. And I just love little like turns of phrases and just country music. Just, I mean, like you said, it's like you can be really serious and you can have a song like The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert. But you can also have something funny like Taylor Swift, you know, picture to burn where she's like just that stupid old redneck that never let me drive his truck, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm big fan of both of those women for sure. I bet a lot of people will connect with you trying to balance your judgment and then your mother's advice. Do, do you think you're at that point in your life where you're thinking, huh? Maybe my mom actually does know a few good things. <laughs> yes, um, for sure. I mean, my mom and I, 
my mom raised me as a single mom and her and I are just, we're each other's best friends, but we're also like each other's worst enemies sometimes. And we, she knows what I'm thinking before I even say it. Like it's scary sometimes. And, um, I know that I drive her crazy, but she continues to just give me advice and she's typically always right. And I hate to have to admit that, but I'm at the point where I can admit that she is normally almost always right. Yes. What is the best advice she's given you on, you know, how to pick a good boyfriend? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I think one of my mom's things is um, I've never had a boyfriend, but when I talk to her and I complain about the boys that I wish were my boyfriends, one, she says that you should always be friends first. Like, that's really important. Um, And then I think, well, If the song is any indication, I typically gravitate towards the ones that are kind of the life of the party, a little too loud, maybe like want to be the center of attention, maybe aren't always like the best choice for me. So she really just tells me to like, well, I I won't even like mince words. She's normally like, just stay away from the losers is what she always says. And she can typically spot when someone is like a loser from a mile away. And she's like, Daisy, don't even like, don't even bring yourself down to that level. Like you are so above this and just don't even engage with that kind of, you know, negative behavior because it'll bring you down at the end of the day. Well, do you think it's nice that you can concentrate fully on your music right now and, you know, not get bogged down with any dating drama (laughs) um yes but also the dating drama if you will and I'm not I'm not one for drama at all and I know that people might roll their eyes and be like oh of course you're gonna say that you're not drama but you probably are I really am so low drama, no confrontation whatsoever. I really just separate myself from any toxicity whatsoever. Um, But the thing is, is that any kind of dating drama, and I'm putting quotations around that, is really good fuel for songs. So sometimes when there isn't just a little bit of, you know, drama or just a little bit of something sparking the creativity sometimes the songs dwindle a little bit you know well what do you think has been your biggest inspirations for your music right now um well honestly i've been writing songs since i was 12 and i'm 27 now and I I moved to Nashville when I was 18 by myself and there were a lot of years where I was writing songs but I wasn't really writing about things that I was really passionate about or I was really just I was very 
I had just moved to Nashville. I wasn't in school. I was really by myself a lot. And I'm an only child. I really do enjoy being by myself. But I wasn't really like living life. I really wasn't going out. I wasn't meeting guys, even friends. Um, I just wasn't meeting a whole lot of people. So there were a lot of years up until probably I was 25. So a good like seven years where I was just sort of scratching the surface of what I was writing about. And then when I was about 25, I started, I don't know, something just kind of clicked. I just, I had some friends that were moving to Nashville and I just started going out and meeting more people. And I met people that just really, um, inspired like a lot of the songs that I've put out now. Um, and so there were a couple people in particular that came into my life that, um, whether they did good or bad things that, um, have been inspiring my writing for the past like 11 months or so, I'd say. That's a bold move to go to Nashville, especially so young. Uh, what was your first year like there? Um, it's so funny looking back on it now at 27. I remember being 18 and thinking, oh, I'm I'm an adult now. Like this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I was always so, so independent to the point where I feel like I'm regressing a little bit because when I was like 16, 17, 18, I was just so independent. I didn't go to parties. I didn't go out. I didn't drink. I don't even really drink now, but um, I was just such like a little adult. And looking back now from 27, I'm like, I was a baby, like 18 years old. That's crazy. And I really, it was just like an adjustment. I think I was just so excited to be on my own. And I grew up in Rhode Island, which is like the tiniest place that you could grow up in. And I was really only, really there was maybe one or two of us that actually got out of my town where I grew up. And I just moved away completely on my own. And yeah, I just really focused on like building my life and my routine and my apartment and just getting comfortable here on my own. Just, it was such a departure from what I'd grown up with. So. Well, once you got established there, how did you start making connections in the music industry? Um, I mean, it wasn't, it was not easy. Um, and I still struggle with it. I still feel like I am just now meeting people in the industry that are, you know, maybe aligned with what I'm trying to do or or helping get me in, in the right direction that I want to go. And that took me like eight or nine years. Um, so I think when I first moved here, I mean, I was just like this 18-year-old girl. I couldn't even drink. So it was like I wasn't going out to bars and, you know, mingling with this producer or that person at a bar, you know. So 
Um, I went to Belmont for a little bit. I took a gap year and then I went to Belmont, which is like a music school here in Nashville. And I met people there a little bit just organically, like through my classes and stuff. But I mean, I definitely don't have like a solid answer for that because it's still a learning curve to this day, nine years later. Can you remember the first time you performed on a Nashville stage? Yes, 100%. I was 14 years old and I had just started writing songs. I was still, obviously, I was living in Rhode Island with my mom and I just graduated eighth grade and she took me to Nashville, myself and my guitar player. And I played at the Bluebird Cafe for the first time when I was 14 years old. And that was my dream because I'd learned that Taylor Swift got her start there, Tim McGraw, Brooks and Dunn, you name it. And I told my mom, I was like, I need to go here. This is where I have to go. And she took me and um, I played out of town open mic night. Somehow we stood in line outside the Bluebird Cafe and I got in and I got to play. I was shaking. My face was red. I mean, I it was a miracle that I even got through my song, but I I did it, and I was so proud of myself. And um, yeah, I was fourteen. Do you think that was the moment you were hooked and knew you were going to go into music? It's it's kind of a funny story with me because I grew up so shy I kind of rephrase it and say that I was reserved because there were some scenarios where I was like you know wouldn't stop talking like I was a little chatterbox but like I mean people are so shocked that this is what I want to do and this is what I'm pursuing because I couldn't even stand even if I just had to stand in front of people um to like get a get a diploma in kindergarten or, or present, you know, a class presentation or something like, I just couldn't be in front of people. I was so shy. I would barely speak. And, um, but I knew there was something in me that was like music. I, I need to do this. And this is what I want to do. I want to entertain people and I want to write songs. And I knew that that was like the one thing that was holding me back. So I would tell my mom, mom, I don't care what it is. I, if I, I'll fight you tooth and nail, like, I'll be like, please mom, like, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. But I knew that I had to do it. So I would tell her to like, make me perform in front of people, make me sing in front of her friends, whatever it took so that I could get over that fear. And eventually I just got over it. Um, but it wasn't like I was one of those kids that was like, look at me, like I'm the center of attention. It was really, I needed to get over that fear. And thankfully I did. Well, was your mother a musician? No, no one in my family, literally no one um, does music whatsoever. So where do you think that all came from? I don't. I honestly, I don't know. Like my dad, when my parents got divorced, um, I would spend time 
between my mom and my dad. And whenever I was with my dad, he was always, he was, he was like, he doesn't play an instrument. He's not really musical, I would say, but like he was always playing country music and he was always like singing or like, not like professionally singing, but just like, you know, loved country music and was singing along or like would break out into a little like melody or something of some country song that he was loving on the radio. And I don't know, I guess that just sparked something in me that I just, I loved music and I just wanted to tell stories and I wanted to entertain people. I don't know what it was. Well, you said you were, you know, playing for your mom's friends would you start to like when you'd visit your dad, would you perform some songs for him? Um, I, I can't remember. I would imagine so, but I just remember vividly, like my dad had this Chevy avalanche that was like this blue color that was just the most obnoxious color. And he would, Ride, we would ride around. We would go to like Chuck E. Cheese and we would go to we would go to Walmart. He'd buy me a Barbie and we would get in the car. And he was like a professional tennis player and he eventually started teaching tennis. So I would spend a lot of time like just hanging out in the car, like listening to CDs and stuff, like while he was coaching tennis or whatever, like just hanging out on the tennis court and if I wasn't like reading or like watching a movie or something like that, I would be like listening to music. And he just had these CDs from like Brad Paisley, Gretchen Wilson. Um, and I remember him telling me about this young girl. He was like, oh yeah, there was this, there were these country music awards and this young girl, Taylor Swift, like she won all these awards or she was nominated or something. And she was like 16 years old. And I thought that that was like the coolest thing. And, um, and I don't remember exactly what clicked with me, but I do remember him definitely like, um, you know, reinforcing all of this country music, but I don't remember exactly like performing for him per se. Well, that's pretty cool. You got exposed to Gretchen Wilson early on. Oh yeah. Like, and I love that you know who that is because when I, when you're like an eight year old and you're listening to redneck woman and you go back to school and people are like, Oh, like, what do you listen to? And they're all listening to like, you know, Beyonce and like Kanye and whatever. And I'm like, Oh, Gretchen Wilson. Have you heard of her? You know, you're, you're automatically, it's a little different, you know? Right. And even though other people are doing it, like Shania Twain, you know, and before that Tanya Tucker, yes. it still stands out when a woman, you know, gets a little more rock and roll you know, kind of goes neck and neck with the man on the honky-tonk. Yeah, and she wasn't, like, demure in any way. She wasn't, she certainly wasn't, like, quiet or she wasn't afraid to. I remember, like, her album cover, um, you know, in this, like, really kind of just, I don't know, out, out there, like, tight leather outfit, like just very, um, 
I don't know. She, yeah, she was definitely uh, herself and she wasn't afraid to be herself. I thought that was cool. Especially, you know, with Nashville, which, you know, you got to love Nashville, but, you know, it's changed a lot and it seems a lot more slick, a little more Hollywood. Do you, yes. do you kind of kind of like when people strip that away and, you know, get back to the country roots? I do. And and I mean, whether your your roots are truly, truly country or not, I think just like getting back to whatever your roots may be, just getting back to that, that definitely speaks to me because I think you're right. I think Nashville, I mean, I love it, but in the past couple months, I definitely have been having this kind of love-hate relationship with just like how slick, to use your word, like how ev slick everything has become. It's all this like social media and I feel like a lot of people look alike and sound alike and um, and it's it's just, I think it's, I don't know, it's hard for me sometimes to figure out like what do people want? Like, what does the industry want? Because I'm seeing all this very glossy, shiny, perfect, blonde, you know, stereotype. And, and I'm just having a hard time deciphering sort of where I fit in. So it is nice to see someone break the mold for sure. Out of the current uh, singers out there, we mentioned Taylor Swift, uh, Miranda Lambert. Do you have any other role models right now? Um, Writing-wise, I love Sam Hunt. I think that he tells a story like nobody else. He's just an amazing, amazing songwriter. And he's really good at, like, riding that line between, like, country and pop. And I, I love that. Um, but he also can be a lot more country if he wants to be um, him and Morgan Wallen for sure. Um, and Hardy is just like my bucket list songwriter. If I could write a song with anybody right now, it would be Hardy. So I'd say the three of them, I really, really admire. You know, you're talking about social media and all that. You know, the thing that gets me is when you're performing live and people are, they're filming it on their phone, yeah. but they're not really watching you. Does, it, yeah. does that bother you? Um, I mean, I haven't experienced that too, too much just because I am not quite to that level where I'm performing for all that many people. But, um, but yeah, I think that that sort of was a little bit of a frustration just in in this la these last couple years where I didn't really want to perform out as much just because I was like well people aren't really paying attention and um you know I sort of wanted to focus my myself elsewhere in the studio and writing rather than performing for you know, a bunch of people that are just kind of looking at their phone or like talking amongst themselves, you know, that can definitely be a little frustrating for sure. You know, I remember reading something by Reba McIntyre and she got to a point in her career where she said, 
she wasn't going to play bars anymore, places where people weren't focusing just on the music. And she said that's when her career really took off. Really? That's so interesting. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I love going to concerts. So I can imagine being like a Morgan Wallen or somebody that's playing for these arenas and you look out or Luke Combs or something and and you look out and I mean, I've been in the audience where there's people like FaceTiming their friends so that their friends can watch the concert over FaceTime, you know, and it's like all of a sudden I'm standing next to someone, but I'm standing next to them plus their friend who's on FaceTime on their phone. It's just such a it's a very strange world. And I can imagine it must be frustrating for people that are on a much, much larger scale than I am. Well, one thing you're embracing is music videos. Yes. And the one for I Don't Hate You, it's got just a lot of style, uh, style and art direction, and you do a lot of costume changes. Did yes. you have a lot of fun making that? Yes, that one was so fun. I, um, admittedly, I'm a little bit of a control freak, so... I, in all my music videos since day one, since I shot my first one, Once Upon a Time in a Small Town, I have been like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is the truck. This is the outfit. This is the guy. I've picked out like literally every detail. And that was the first video where I said to my director, David, I was like, you know what? You you tell me your idea. And he was like, just show up and I will tell you what to do. And so he came up with the concept of like all the colored backgrounds and, you know, this is how many outfits you need and whatnot. And then I actually did all of those outfits myself. Like I put those together completely myself. And um, there's pieces in there that my grandmother gave to me, my mom gave to me, like there's all just little elements um, that I really got to play around with, which was so fun. Let's see, you got to be a rocker, a cowgirl, a skater. Yes. And then kind of a more conservative schoolgirl. Yeah. With, with, with glasses. And so do you think that was just showcasing all the different facets that are within you? I think so. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess like I never thought of it that way, but it's funny. Like I would, um, when I put on like the skater girl outfit, I was thinking about when I was in middle school, I loved Avril Lavigne and I wanted to be a skater girl. And then when I put on the librarian outfit, that was like, very much me like in high school going to going to class very buttoned up and put together and then my so I became very close with my director and my makeup artists and the people that I work with um, on sets and stuff I just I don't know we just became friends and they would always kind of just tease me a little bit like Daisy like you need to just let loose like I'm so excited for the day that I get to see you just really become yourself and just kind of um 
and just, you know, let go and just like be free. And, um, I, I put on this one outfit that was sort of this like very edgy, like rocker chick with like a corset and like these dark jeans and a leather jacket. And, um, my director, he was like, he had to take a double take. He said, I walked right by you. I didn't even recognize that girl. He was like, this is like how you need to be dressing if you're going to be going out to bars and like looking for a boyfriend or something. He was like, this is just <laughs> all, like a whole new side of you that I've never seen. And I watched that video back and still now watching it back. I'm like, um, I sort of just said as a joke, I looked at my director and I was like, wow, I look like such a fun person. Like I just really got to like, <laughs> enjoy myself not that I'm not a fun person but I really just got to enjoy myself and and just be free and that was just yeah it was really enjoyable and isn't that fun about the creativity of doing music videos it's so fun and I've always been a really visual person I've always been into collaging and painting and drawing and all that stuff so I think that this is um, this is kind of that side of me, like coming out. Well, you have, gosh, I, I was on, I don't know if it was like your YouTube channel, maybe, but you've put out uh, several videos. Like how many have you done total? So let me think. Um, I want to say this is my sixth or seventh one. Okay. Wow. And how long have you been doing them for? I started in August of 2021 was my first video. Well, that's quite an output for just, you know, basically a year and a half. Yeah, I was putting out a video a month, basically, for almost like six months last mm -hmm. year. So have you been doing the style of TikTok video where you just get a guitar and a microphone and just sing, you know, something special for your fans. Um, I've been trying to do that more. I think I fell into a trap a little bit of like, I was really having fun, like showing the behind the scenes of my videos and sort of like the antics a little bit because I just tend to like, I just like to like be goofy and just lighthearted. And I mean, that's kind of where I don't hate you. My mom thinks you're trash came from. Like, I just can just be very, I don't take things super seriously sometimes. And so I've been trying to embrace a little bit more, um, the more like raw, just kind of singing in front of the camera. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to dip my toe into that a little bit, but, um, I haven't done a whole, whole lot of that, I will admit, but I try to. If you're performing live, what's your favorite cover song to sing? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever sung a cover song. I just, um, I don't know, because for me, it was never really about, oh, I'm some great vocalist and I have these great vocals that I can perform, you know, someone else's song. It was always about performing my song. Um, I don't know if that's a helpful answer, but I just, I've never really done cover songs and I'm, I'm, maybe I should try to more. 
Well, it's good to know that about yourself. So if, say, you wrote a song and Miranda Lambert, you know, discovered it and says, hey, I want to do a version of that. Would you be thrilled or would you think, no, I want to keep that for myself? You know, if you had asked me that, like, 10 years ago when I, like, first moved to town, I would be like, well, if it's good enough for Miranda Lambert, then, like, I need to be performing it. And and it's my story and all of this stuff. And And now I'm like, I think there's room to write songs for other people. And there's also room to write songs for myself. So if Miranda Lambert, knock on wood, um, heard one of my songs and said that she wanted to cut it, like, absolutely, yes. And wouldn't the best thing to be, you record a song, it becomes a standard, and, you know, 100 people record it. Right. I mean, that would be incredible. So out of out of your uh, current songs, which do you think will be the one people will still be listening to and maybe doing covers of in 50 years? Oh, boy. Um, out of the songs that I've put out that are public? Yes. Um, I mean, that's hard to say because I have some songs like up my sleeve right now that are not out that I feel like people would really gravitate to. But um, I mean, my first song, Once Upon a Time in a Small Town, I know my mom is going to be singing that in 50 years. Um, <laughs> but uh I mean, my mom thinks you're trash, whether you like it or not. Uh, I think that there's space for, I would hope that in 50 years I'm performing shows and there's part of that show where myself and my band and that crowd is like, my mom thinks you're trash. My friends think you suck. And we're just having like the time of our lives just chanting that song in like a huge arena. Like that would just be, that's why I wrote that song because I wanted people to be able to just sing it with me and sing it back to me. And um, I think that would be really fun. Do you remember a while back when people were having divorce parties? <sighs> You know, sort of yes i do so i wonder if i don't hate you my mom thinks you're trash could be kind of like a a divorce party anthem <sighs> yes that i've never been divorced i've never gotten that close but um but if someone wants to play that at their divorce party i will come and personally perform it for them uh, probably better there than like as a song at your wedding yeah. <laughs> I mean, that song, the thing about that song is like the twist in that song is like, my mom thinks you're trash, but I don't hate you. Like, I can't make up my mind about this guy. I can't decide if I want to listen to my mom and my friends that are like, 
Daisy, he is so trashy. You are so much better than this. I can't decide if I want to listen to that or if I want to listen to the voice in my head that's like, no, he's he's the bad boy. Like, he's going to change. I don't hate you. Like, I love you. I can't decide, you know? Are you a Trisha Yearwood fan? I do. I think I... I was, yes. I, I mean, that was a little bit like before I'm a little bit young for, for Trisha Yearwood, but yeah, I mean, definitely. Have you ever heard her song? She's in love with a boy. Yes. I, and that's what came to mind instantly when you said that. Yes. (laughs) But that's good. How your song made me think of Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, and her dad is like, he ain't worth a lick. Like, you, he got the short end of the stick. That's exactly what I'm, that's exactly what my mom would say to me also. So what do you think? Do you think mom knows best most of the time? Uh, you're going to make me admit it on a recorded podcast. Yes. <laughs> I I. <laughs> I do. I think that my mom knows best. I do, actually. Well, see, if nothing else comes out of this, that that will warm her heart to hear you say that. It will. It will warm her heart all the way in Rhode Island that I admitted it. Yes. (laughs) Well, before we wrap up, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find your music online. So where are the best places to find Daisy Briggs? So it is Daisy, like the flower, Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S. And I am on TikTok and Instagram, Daisy underscore underscore Briggs. But you can normally just type in Daisy Briggs and, and it'll come up. And I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, um, at literally anywhere that you can listen to music. I have put myself on every single platform. You cannot escape me. If you search Daisy Briggs, you will find one of my songs. So they're all out there. And I really encourage people to go on YouTube and type in my name and watch the music videos because I think that that's where the music and just my creativity like really gets to shine because they're just such fun videos and I put my heart and soul into all of them and I wrote all of the songs by myself so they are truly if you want a good laugh or just an insight into what goes on in my brain you want to eavesdrop on on my life watch those videos and they are literally my day-to-day. I have put those in those videos. So YouTube is a great place, but I'm everywhere. Daisy Briggs. Excellent. So I know a lot of professional singers don't like to do karaoke. I don't know <laughs> if it's like, a, oh, we're above that. Or, you know, they just want to play with a band who will follow them. But do you, do you ever just have a fun night out and do karaoke with your friends in Nashville? I have yet to do that, but I would like to. That sounds really, really fun, honestly. Because I would just think it would be so fun. The pressure would be off. 
you could like pick a song you've always wanted to try and just you know be a little silly if you want to I honestly, I think that's a great idea for me because I need to get out of my own head sometimes. And I think you just gave me a really great idea. So yeah, I think I will go do that. Well, if you do promise me, you'll do Here for the Party by Gretchen Wilson. Oh, 1000%. <laughs> Although, the see, the rule of thumb at karaoke, do upbeat, don't do a ballad. Yes, well, that's perfect. I mean, that's the perfect song for it. Well, I want to give you the last word here. And, and you know, I think, you know, you're living the dream. Probably so many young women, you know, of your era, they grow up hearing Taylor Swift and, you know, see other people and think, wow, I could do this. I want to move to Nashville. And you've actually done it. What would you tell those young women? What are the what are the rewards, but what are also the challenges of doing that? I would say that I mean there are a lot of challenges, I'm not going to lie. Um but really stay true to yourself. And I know that's so cliche, but, um, you know, stay true to yourself and don't compare yourself to other people. I'm still trying to take that advice. Um, you know, for example, I don't drink and a lot of people are uncomfortable by that. And I, I go out and I have a great time, but I do it completely sober. Just little things like that. Like you don't need to compromise who you are for other people. Um, and the reward is that, you know, you get to wake up every day and I be like, you know, I did this for myself. Like I am in this city by myself pursuing a dream that a lot of people don't even they're scared to take that leap. And I, I can't believe I did that at 18. I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing that. Um, but you know, the reward is like that you're, you're keeping these promises that you made to yourself when you were say 12 or 13, if it was your dream to move to Nashville, to be an artist, whatever it was, you know, keep those promises to yourself. And I'm still trying to keep those, those dreams that I had when I was 14. I'm still trying to keep those alive now at 27 and, um, just never stop. Don't have a plan B. If you can not have a plan B and just go for it full force and just horse blinders and just focus on what you want. Um, I mean, the reward to see people know the words to your songs or send you a message on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is and tell you that they can relate to your song or that they're playing it in their car. Like that is the biggest reward and um, that's incredible. So if you can just stay true to yourself and and not fall into those the comparison traps or compromising what makes you who you are and you can get to those rewards it really truly is like the most amazing feeling so just keep going is really keep at it and those times you do feel like giving up 
what what gives you confidence to keep going? Uh, you know, I think I talked to my mom. Um, if you have someone in your life that's a support system for you, I think sometimes we are our worst critics and sometimes other people it's amazing how other people see you in this light and we can see ourselves as just you know the the just in the worst light possible and we think that we're just not good enough but to the person down the street looking at you they just are in awe of just how brightly you shine and how talented you are and how amazing you are. And we just don't see it in ourselves sometimes. So I think just talking to people around me that really support me and lift me up. And again, it just goes back to reminding myself of that 14 year old girl that played the Bluebird Cafe that was shaking and crying and was so, so nervous but she knew that she had it in her to do this and this was her dream. And I just go back to that all the time. And I'm like, you can do this. And I have this vision in my head for this life that I want. And I just keep pushing towards it. And that's what, that's what keeps me going. Her name is Daisy Briggs. Her current single, I don't hate you. My mom thinks you're trash. Best title of the year so far for a song. Uh, she's got a video to it as well with lots of art direction and pastel colors and Kodak slides. Encourage everyone to watch that. And hey, I just want to thank you for sharing your words of wisdom. Um, I know your mother sounds like uh, your biggest fan, and that's so great that you have her to share all this success with. So mom, uh, if you think a guy is trash, well, we're gonna take your word for it. <laughs> yes, so. hi mom. When you, <laughs> when you listen to this, hello, we love you. Well, hey, uh, you take care Daisy and I really hope I get a chance to talk with you when your next amazing video comes out. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you and chatting with you. This was my first podcast and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.